This episode of the Mountain Bike Connection podcast is sponsored by BikeWorks. BikeWorks, a St. John's community bike and ski shop, is an independent retailer offering full sales, service and repair work for all types of cyclists and snow feeds. Located at 178 Thorn Avenue, St. John. Open hours are Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. And you can reach these guys on 506-652-2453. You can find them on Facebook at BikeWorksSJ and Instagram at BikeWorks underscore St. John. the mountain bike connection podcast moldy cloth <laughs> i just watched it actually sorry we're live oh we we can't do a large introduction because chris says oh my no. god it's like so boring it's livia. oh livia i thought said. it was oh, livia. livia does sorry chris livia says oh my god it's so boring nobody wants to listen to you whine on <laughs> about the Excellent intro rendition about the intro yep we've been told teenagers we've been told Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm listening. Go on, Wes. Wind it up. I thought we weren't supposed to. No, I'll stick the spoon in and stir the pot. <laughs> stir it really piss your daughter off. <laughs> That's what I do best. <laughs> exactly. <True> story. <laughs> Welcome to the Mountain Bike Connection podcast. Finally. Finally. It's been forever. It's been too long. And we have got with us Ernie Campbell from Dig In. Welcome. Hey, Welcome. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going good for winter time. Yeah, up here. It's almost not winter. I know. Almost. It feels like spring. And it was nice that it was actually light longer, even though all day I've had like serious jet lag from mm. that stupid hour. Bullshit. There's only three feet of snow on the ground now instead I know. of five. And they've had to close some of the skidoo trails because the cat's going to win them anymore. Yep. Makes sense. What's the snow situation like down there? Well, I'm probably going to make you a little jealous, of course, in southern New Brunswick. It, uh, we never tend to get as much. We get as much precipitation, but not nearly as much snow. We only average 260 centimeters compared to over 500 in most of the province. Yeah. Uh, we probably have less than a foot in most oh, places wow. right now. Nice. So Already some bare patches of trail from uh, my buddy went for a ride today and a couple of trails and said he hit some muddy spots already. He said it probably won't be another week or two before we'll have to take our two or three weeks off and let the, the frost get out of the ground. Really? So what time of year are you guys typically ditching the fat bikes and jumping on the skinny bikes? Seems to get in earlier every year. Like when I first started riding in 2013, 14, those seasons, I feel like I didn't get on the bike till like mid to end of May. A couple yeah. of those, those winters, and then we had that snowpocalypse winter. Um, but, uh, yeah, last couple of winters, it's been like April. So right. we're like, we gained a whole month. So That'll be our first road trip of the year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Will. we'll fire you a message when, they're, a, when they're good. And, pretty and sure it was our down. first road trip last year, St. John. Usually I is. I thought we did Minto. Our Minto clears up quick, too. No. Is it? Yeah. yeah I think it's, Becky and I were in St. John for something because we went with Dex. Mm, Mentos usually open early because it's just so wide open. So the yeah, sun, no tree yeah, the sun yeah. gets on it early, but yeah, but shit, it gets soft there. 
You get off the trail Goose, and you just sink. Off. Go lay down. <laughs> trail dog just wants some attention. Climb up on our lap. Being needy. He wants no, a cookie. He's smelling the ginger cookies he because cookie. every dog I've ever met he does loves love ginger cookies. They love ginger cookies. I don't know what it is. Do you have a dog? I do not. No. Nope. Oh. Couple cats. Cats. Yeah. I don't know. If I always had. Like I always had dogs growing up, but no dogs currently. Mm. Uh huh. They're a lot of work. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Well, the wife and I are a little lazy. We uh, we figure looking after dogs a little bit like looking after a child in some regards. So we've been it really, really is. Never, never really had one. Yeah, it really I love is. them and we, lo- we love them, but it's fun to pat other people's and give them back too. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. So how long have you been into biking? Did you say you started in 2013? Yeah, I got off a bike, unfortunately, uh, like a lot of teenagers when I found girls and cars and other sports, probably motorized stopped racing motocross, probably 18, 19. Cause I was kind of racing motocross and riding mountain bikes at the same time. I grew up in, uh, just outside of St. John in an area called Redhead. Um, and we, uh, you know, we spent our whole life growing up on bicycles and got off from 18 till I was 36. And one day I just woke up and said, Hey, I'm getting a little older and a little fatter and <laughs> I need to do something. And I had done an adventure race in Woolstock park, like an intro one, like a four hour one, two years before that. And I'll be honest, I, I kind of hated the running, even though I'm fast, I've never really liked running and the canoeing was fun. And I, but I really enjoyed the mountain biking. You know, I had a couple over the bars moments driving this old clapped out bike, mm-hmm. but it was kind of fun. So I woke up one day and I was thinking about wandering for a couple of weeks on ride, you know, buying a mountain bike or something or, or motocross bike actually. And then I woke up one day to my wife and I said, I gotta buy a mountain bike. She said, you're what? So I went to the store and bought a mountain bike. <laughs> yeah. That's about the exact same reason I can do it. Just getting older, getting a little thicker. And it's like, what can I do that's fun and will help me lose weight? And mountain biking is it. And gives you an adrenaline rush. Yeah, and gives me an adrenaline He's rush. Thick ass boy. Mm, that's for sure. I was literally just <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> me too. Damn boy, he thick. <laughs> so what do you got for bikes? Uh, right now I have a rigid Brody dirt jumper that was welded in Canada. That my buddy, when he moved at West, the old shop manager at Millennium, well, two shop managers ago, he um, he was going to sell it. So my buddy Dean Price and I bought it together, and then I bought Dean out on it. And I don't really ride it much, but it's kind of fun to have. It's a good pump track bike, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just ordered last year. I rode a Fuel X demo from the shop while I waited for my bike to come, and I got an employee purchase and bought a, a Project One Trek Slash. Ooh, sweet, damn nice. With a custom paint job, yeah, that's a nice rig. What Only get two. What do you think of that bike, girls? What do you guys think of that bike? I don't know what that bike is. Yeah, I, know I have you no didn't. idea. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Darren and I are both like, oh yeah. <laughs> Girls are like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's Trax Enduro bike. You, you like the paint stuff, though, girls? Yeah. Say, what say, color is it? Say it again it so is, I can Google it. It's carbon. We won't see it there. We might. It's carbon red smoke. Uh, so it's like a see-through candy apple, <gasps> super dark red that paint. Almost it's burgundy. That sounds pretty. And it's got uh, old style gold letters on it. And then I threw a set of Santa Cruz reserve rims on it and changed the rim decals on those to gold and matched it up. And I'm a little bit mashy, you know, matchy matchy. Sounds like the old uh, Session RSL editions that you used to do with a metallic paint and the gold lettering. Yeah, it's similar for sure. Sweet. Craig, that's a banger. I love track. You got got a fat bike too? I do, yeah. I've got a a couple years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I I had some (laughs) wires. Stole my fat bike when a year without one. I feel like I had SADS probably four or five years ago. And then I, uh, my wife said, what are you doing on your fat bike? You spent more time on your six, 2016 Blizzard than any other bike you had. Cause I rode a lot in the winter. Cause I did mm. so much tripling in the summer. 
I kind of split 50-50 in the summer with my riding and building. And I uh, said, so, yeah, why did I sell that? Anyway, so the next year I bought a Farley when I was working part-time at the shop, rode it for a year. But I found the Geo a little tight for me. It's kind of classic cross-country, like 69-degree head angle and great bike, snappy. But I like to try to ride the steepest, craziest stuff in the winter and learn that because mm. the crash penalties are a lot less. Um, so I went back to a blizzard and during the pandemic, right at the beginning of it, I went to Dean and said, Hey, I'm selling my Farley. What, uh, what do you have? And I could, couldn't get anything from at the time that I wanted, I couldn't get a 50, which is the trim kit I wanted. So I bought a, a large 50 from Mike's bike shop at 2020 on clearance. And I bought a, a 20 blizzard 20 from Dean and took the full GX drive train and the Manitou master on fork and everything and threw it on that bike. Sweet. Cause I ride a medium. I'm a, I'm a little fella. So. <laughs> so what trails are open down there in the wintertime? Like do you guys groom the trails or are they just like self, you basically ride them in or snowshoe them in or. Uh, no, we groom some trails for sure. So right. Marcy Webb from bikes and bees does a lot on the snow dog. Uh, St. John cycling and bike works on a snow dog together as well. Dean has yep. a snowmobile mm-hmm. and a guy named um, Rick Cleveland has a, 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 a Yamaha Bravo. Yeah. Um, so we actually groom like, almost all a shady grove. So you probably get like 15, 17 K in there through the winter. Sweet. Most times. Jeez. And then rock Rockwood, we're only allowed to groom certain sections and the other sections, you kind of have to let the crowd beat it in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we kind of made an agreement to groom like one half the park and then leave the other half open. Um, so we groomed some trails in there too. We have permission from the city to do that. Um, we used to do it on the Rocon on the two wheel drive motorcycle. That was interesting. Yeah. But we've kind of switched <laughs> over to the snowmobile and stuff. I wondered it. Yeah. Cause I never hear anything about fat biking in St. John. You hear about River, uh, Fredericton area and hear about Truro and places like that and Minto some, but never hear about the scene down there, but it sounds like it's a really good spot to go fat biking. No, it's good. We, we don't get as much snow. Um, so down here you have to ride studs because we have so much free freestyle cycle going on. You don't ride studs. You, well, you can not ride studs, but you'll be crashing a lot on your face and wondering mm-hmm. what happened. Um, but yeah, you definitely need studs in here, but we ride a lot and we, we have weird weather, right? We'll get, you're not familiar with the area of wintertime. We'll, we'll get a f- four foot snowstorm or three foot snowstorm. We could have bare ground a week and a half later with just ice. Like that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's how, that's our winters. That's yeah. That's St. John. Yeah. Like yeah. up here. I mean, we always get, this is a low snow winter. We didn't have snow till mid January. And I mean, right. we've still got easily three feet laying on the ground, like in the woods yeah. and stuff, but so we're definitely got a groom here. Yeah. Where are you guys at exactly? Heartland area? Woodstock. Yeah, Heartland. Oh, you're in Woodstock area. Yeah. Yep. Okay, sure. Woodstock, Heartland area. Yep. Does anyone else want to say anything? I just find, I just kind of feel like I'm dominating the conversation with them here. <laughs> no, we're we're actively listening. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you're do, you're doing a great job of listening. Yeah. You are wonderful listeners, laddies. So I'll keep going then. So when, where and when did your trail building journey start? Uh, I actually started riding in 13. I kind of did that <clears throat> traditional mistake most people do. I went and said, oh, I'll buy this bike from uh, Canadian Tire on sale. So I bought you know, the $700 oh, bike on sale for $350. That's a good bike. Twice the, oh, yeah, I rode it to work twice to the ATV trails, broke it both times, took it to this bike shop, and they were like, Hey, here, we'll fix your bike and we'll loan you this Rocky Mountain Element for the weekend. So they, I took in a tempo and they loaned me a Ferrari for the weekend. So how do you get back in the tempo, right? <laughs> uh, and then, so anyway, as soon as I bought that bike, which was like end of June that year, or middle of June, maybe, I uh, started riding and I was riding through the trails one night and I seen these people 
working on the trails in Rockwood. And I was still kind of finding my way around. And this gentleman, Dean Price, ended up being, who's now still the same, part of the St. John's executive, he introduced himself to me and, and said what they were doing. And that's the one to stop help for a bit. So I stopped and helped them for a bit. And they said they met every Tuesday night. And I started building right away. I'm kind of always been a believer in any sport I've been involved in, whether it was hockey, football, rugby, ball hockey, softball, whatever. I've played a bit of everything. Um, and kind of giving back and, and being part of the grassroots movement. So I've always enjoyed that. And I kind of, I got really into mountain biking quick. When I get into something, I kind of like jump off the cliff and see where I'm going to land. That's kind of my personality. Boy, that sounds so, familiar. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> right. So I, I read a lot and I read a lot about the, you know, the no dig, no ride ethos and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that's a, maybe a bit harsh version of it, but I kind of believe in the culture and that like, you know, if we're all going to put erosion in the woods and do these things and we want to create trails to ride, well, um, we should, we should get back a bit. And then once I get building, I become obsessed with the guy who sits behind a desk for eight or nine hours a day with the, uh, the creativity aspect. There's nothing more fun to me in the world than going in and either a solving a problem on an existing trail or B having a blank canvas to, to, you know, to paint and do some work on it. So it's, mm. uh, it's become very cathartic for my personality. There's been some summers where I've, I've probably, I mean, I usually log 800 to 1200 kilometers the last couple of years been a little off because I've had some, I've had some injuries some, some crazy stuff the last couple of years, one injury biking, then I had a DVD deep blood clot and related to that. So I had some crazy stuff, but Oof. I, and then even when I was volunteer building, I was doing three, 400 hours a year. Jeez. Wow. Um, and when I started the, the, the club was getting like 300 to 500 hours a year at the end of 2014, my first year Dean had a big project to do with the city. And he was like kind of like the lead trail builder. And he asked me to take over and project manage the skills park. <laughs> I never project managed anything in my life, but I'm a pretty good cheerleader. So I was like, yeah, okay, I can, I can usually get people excited about stuff. So let's, let's do it. So I became the project manager for that. And then Dean stepped back in next year and did Sasquatch run. And I was kind of his right-hand man. And he kind of gave me quite a bit of tutelage. And then Dean had a really big project with the city, the big water project they did for years. So I stepped in and I ran the trail miners. We just kind of like nicknamed our trail crew, the St. John cycling trail miners and gave it a logo and stuff. And I ran that for two or three years on my own. And then, um, it got too big and I was like, man, I need some help. It could just, you couldn't do it. I was getting burnt out. Mm. So we kind of formed a committee and brought in some really cool people and recruited some people. And it was fun. We, we forged a relationship with the city. Like we have a really good relationship with the city of St. John. Sometimes we, we take it for granted how good it is and how, um, you know, how, amenable they are to us working on their, their, their terrain and their park. Um, they understand that they're an economically challenged city and they can't do everything they want to do. And there's some great volunteers in the area. Like we, we used to keep track of our hours. And if you do our hours at, you know, 20 bucks an hour, which is kind of the EMBA standard for volunteer work, we're giving them back anywhere from like 20 to $40,000 a year in labor. Cause we yes. took those volunteer hours from 300 to 500 when I started. And when I stepped down a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, we were averaging over 2,500 hours a year. In volunteer Man, hours. Wow. That's a lot. And so we, we blew it up and it wasn't just me. It, it takes, you know, obviously you guys know this oh, yeah. stuff you're doing up there. It takes a village, right? So it, really it, wasn't, does, it wasn't all me. I don't want to sit here and beat my chest because that's not who I am at all. It was, uh, there's just some really great people doing it at all grassroots levels and you guys yeah. like Lori Robichaud, Patrick Grace, Emily Lennon, Sean and Brent Wilson, when he was here before he moved, like Dean Price, of course, has been a huge mentor for it. There was some really, uh, really awesome people involved, Janice and Phil, who actually are coming back this year. We're pretty exciting. There were two of the original trailblazers, Janice Keating and Phil Arsenal are, are getting back into it. They've kind of completed their off-grid uh, uh, summer home and they're they're getting back into it too, which is kind of cool. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I started getting asked here and there, um, you know, would you take on a paid job? And I started thinking about it. My wife, of course, is like, you're going to put all this time in. Why don't you get paid doing it? And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it right. So I, I incorporated and, and formed a company and I took a job the first year. Um, 
building a trail in, in spring of 21 for the uh, the YMCA at the Glen Carpenter Center, which is actually adjacent to Rockwood Park. It's on the other side of uh, Foster Thurston Drive, oh, okay, and we yeah. built a 3.2-kilometer trail around their lake through some pretty crazy crazy terrain 800 meters of it was in a wetland they want to stay close to the lake and i tried to talk them out of it and you know i'd do that again but i would charge triple the rate for that section oh, that, was that, that, would, yeah, that would be rough <laughs> that would be brutal it must we did be that section with an we did with an excavator that section so i partnered with my buddy john russell from dirt simple and uh subcontract right. section to him section to him so it was good um, yeah. but still we learned a lot and it was our first like you know rock armored crossings and john was trying to build them himself an excavator and you're trying to figure it out. And then you realize all of a sudden that if you do it with an excavator and a guy with a spotter to show you where to put the rocks and how to spin them and stuff when you're on the X, it uh, becomes a lot easier. I remember one night he was struggling in this one big section and I said, well, come in after work. I come in. We ended up doing three crossings that night with just him and I, and he had been working on one for two days. Um, but it's just amazing how like when you have an excavator operator, that's not quite as experienced. If you have somebody kind of point out where to set the rocks and how to spin them and turn them, lock them together. And I'd also had a lot more rock armoring experience than john had at the time right so there's a it there's a certain talent to building trail i find like i'm not an expert trail builder but just a little bit of work i've done in heartland like laying out a really nice trail like seeing it in your head and then making it reality man that's tough like we've but we've definitely built features that we got done and we're pretty pumped about jumped on the friggin bike and it was like wow that sucks shit. <laughs> and basically had to redo it. Like, you know, like, you know what though? It's, I, I don't think there's, I mean, there are some guys, don't get me wrong. There's some guys have been doing this for a really long time that the first time they build it is perfectly right. But I feel like trail building is a very, um, iterative art form, essentially like where you it like is, yeah. build it, you tweak it, you change it a bit, you ride it in. You're like, Oh yeah. Like we've had trails where we thought, okay, we got the trail speed, right. And then we ride it in and go, crap now our approach is really fast and we're overcooking the landing so you got to pull the jump lift back eight yeah. feet or four feet or whatever so it's it's interesting like yeah and, and you know what i love i um i love the like flag align look at a line this is what i'm going to build mm-hmm. but then I'll, I'll have like three or four different guys or girls that i'll go to that like it's really interesting to me to see different people's takes on the train and i'll bring them in before i set it in yeah. i've never built one trail that was all mine yeah, you. And not that I wouldn't. I, I would, but I, I like to bring in some people I really trust. I'm like, okay, this guy or this girl really knows rock work, rock work or jumps or riding steeps yeah. or whatever. And I'll bring them in and go, okay, this is what I want to do here. What do you think? And they're like, and it's weird. They'll look at the train. They go, oh, have you thought about that? I'm like, no. Let's go look at it. So we, you know, we'll hike up to the top. We take a peek, whatever. So often my trails are essentially a, a combination. Not my trails, but the projects I've worked on are a combination of the. Uh, the community input, right? Like we've yeah. got some really good people in the area and, and uh, it's fun to kind of pick people's brains. Cause they've, they've also traveled different places and written different things. And, you know, yeah. I learned a lot, like every time, like we'll be away in a riding trip in Quebec or Vermont or wherever. And I'll stop, get off the bike, start taking pictures. And the guys are like, how'd you, how'd you fall behind? I'm like, Oh man, I, I seen this rock work. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, you had to get pictures again. I'm like, yeah, I, did. yeah. I, I can't Absolutely. shut off. It's brain. Like it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't shut off. Oh, it's a- always, you know, that's what Darren and I do. We'll Drunk go somewhere like that like, and we'll just nerd right out on the trail. Like, oh, geez, we need to do that. We need to do this. And like, have you ever ridden the trails at Grand Falls, Ernie? No, I got to get up there, actually. You, you I, um, sadly, I've been traveling in Quebec and in um, Vermont. I've been a King of Trail several times. I've been in Quebec a couple times. And I'm like, there's trails in my home province I haven't ridden yet. I haven't been to Grand Falls. <laughs> I need to get up to French Fork Cove. Like, there's a few places I really need to get to. And I, and I plan to. This summer, I'm hoping I can find a little time to do that. It's just, uh, working full-time at the bike shop and then 
traveling in the evenings and weekends and running a company is, uh, <laughs> cut my, uh, time. my, yep. my leisure you. time, uh, you know, down to a bit of a minimum, but yeah, I'm going to try to, uh, the bums in Grand Falls. Let me just say, whoever builds the bums in Grand Falls, they are beautiful. They're perfect. It's like they've done them with mm. a protractor and measured out like inch by inch. It, they're just immaculate and they're just so much fun to ride. Like, cool. and I, I go to Grand they're Falls smooth. and I get all horny for the bums and I go to Rockwood for the slabs. And, you know, every place has something different that they're really good at, right? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. collaboration. Yeah. If we could get a team of builders together like province wide and focus on a different trail system at a time and build like that that'd be incredible we build the you same way up here we'll get we'll yeah. usually get a bunch of us and go walk a, and flag a line together and discuss it and just go from there that's awesome i, I feel like a lot of communities do that right like i think it's pretty yeah. popular that not so many people just go out and build a trail on their own there's a few you know, rogues like they do that stuff, but it's not this common because mm. um, it's a heck of a long time to do it. First of all, oh, yeah. um, I think the first year that Mount Bike Atlantic had their, and I can't, I'm probably going to use the wrong word, their symposium, they had it in Fundy. That was really cool. We talked to some builders at the time, and I, I'd love to see this be revisited. We, we talked about doing like a, almost like a builder exchange program. Yes. Yeah. Which would be really, which would be really cool, right? We like, talked so maybe, about that with Lou Paul. We did, yeah. We like yeah. talked about it with Sam at MTB Atlantic as well about having mm. like the builder exchange where we bring people into Heartland and the Becker movement from Rockwood, from Moncton, from like, Paul, someone from everywhere, and then just walk through one single trail and just kind of plan it and dig it, and, and you know, over the course of the year, just move around the province to each different trail system and have that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Even if you did like, I mean, obviously, it'd be hard to do it, you know monthly even kind of thing but if you did two yeah. or three of those a year and just rotated who got a chance like um heck i'd go down to halifax and do one i'd go to yeah. white rock yeah. i'll come see you guys like that i think i feel like that's um worthwhile exercising something some of the lead builders in the areas we need to get together and re revisit it i've i've got the company kind of like stabilized enough now where i've actually kind of rejoined the trail runners as a volunteer um, I don't, we'll see how much time I have to put in, but I got a couple of passion projects in Rockwood. I want to finish some stuff on Mackay Skyway and, and some other things that I want to do. So I've kind of got back into that. And uh, the companies we've done enough um, stuff in our portfolio that we essentially won't, you know, get off the bench and, and lift the shovels unless it's going to be a job that makes money. Cause we did a couple of jobs that were like, we lost some money or to break even jobs. Cause we just wanted yeah. to like, add them in our portfolio and build mm -hmm. up our business case. And, uh, you know, I, um, yeah, like we just, we missed out on a big one up in Minto, but with SAGS, I really wanted to build a trail Minto, but their budget didn't quite line up with what I need to do. And they, so they end up going with somebody else and I hope it turns out really well for them. But sometimes you got to like, I don't know, essentially draw a line in the sand. Like, well, yeah. what are you doing for it? So you're going you're gonna to yeah. spend $4,000 a year in insurance and all the other things we're doing. And my business partner, Ian, like I hired my lead traveler after year one to be my business partner. He bought into my company 50-50. So there's Ian Godden's my business partner in digging trail building. Um, and, and Ian's an awesome guy. He's super passionate. He he led the kids in the hand crew and did that hand-built trail. They built 2.2 kilometers of trail in th three months. Like they just crushed Jeez. it, right? Nice. Just to see some of the stuff. I'll take you guys for a tour sometime. It's private land, but I can take you through and show you some of the stuff they did in there. And it's awesome. And uh, this year I'm going to, you know, get a photographer and I'm, I mean, my traveling business so far, <laughs> even advertising, I have an Instagram account. I don't even have a Facebook account for my traveling business, right? It's Slack. But anyway, this year I'm going to put up a, a Facebook page and get, go get some professional photography done and some of the stuff we've done and kind of show it off. And 
we've had some, you know, some cool opportunities and place to work. We had a government job. We get to work at the Hill of Poli, like, you know, some neat stuff. Well, your trails um, speak for themselves. I mean, you, you build really nice trails. I'll say it. Oh, thanks, Very man. nice. Appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you, where are you two tonight? What planet are you on? No, I'm literally just listening. I'm fascinated. I had a drama <laughs> queen of a 12 year old because you made her cry. I did nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Mm. <laughs> Kids. So, um, so which which trails did you build at Poli? I'm sorry, I may have, you may have already. Poli. The only one we did was Foxtrot. So when we okay. started, Foxtrot was 400 meters. You used to empty out on the ski run and you got to the bottom. Yes. So mm-hmm. we talked to them last year, and uh, we it's weird we sort of got brought into it by a third party, um, but Poli thought. We were leading the charge, but I thought the third party was, was a little bit confusing. But anyway, we got brought in and uh, Charlie wasn't going to start doing, he got the blank canvas. I was a little, I was a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I get to build the blank canvas on the green down the back of the hill with mm-hmm. nothing in his way. Yeah. But I had to work within the constraints of the ski runs and the other trails. Um, and they went a green trail. And and I did, when I walked at first with Ben and Jamie, I said, guys, there's like, you know, some 40, 50% crates here. It's going to be pretty tough to make this green. So they opened it as green. I see they switched it to blue now and I see the, the KOM on the trail, I think they're doing 55 or 56 K an hour on that thing. And I've got my bike up to 46, 47. So it's nice. a, it's a fast trail. Um, the berms shrunk quite a bit cause we had to use some organic. We didn't have a dumper at the time. And I, um, I'm hoping maybe they'll bring us back this year for some maintenance on it. Cause I'd love to tune it up. And we always left room for features on it. Hmm. So we'd love to make it like a blue jump trail or something. We left room for that stuff, but they first asked for a green trail and what a no jumps or anything crazy, just berms, you know, nothing simple. Um, and there was two intersections with the ski run that kind of turned you back up the hill. It wasn't what we wanted to do, but it was what they wanted to happen uh, at the time. And last time I talked to them, there was some feedback that, uh, you know, they love the trail, but they actually like those to be changed. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Cause I've never liked them. <laughs> yeah, I never exactly. wanted them to intersect with the ski run that way. It was not my choice. Right. So I would have done like come out of those wood sections on the ski run with a nice, big, long, super simple floater jump. that You could have like, roll or pump or, you know, send it into the night if that's your jam. Um, but anyway, hopefully we get to get back and, and do some stuff there. Uh, I feel like there's probably going to be a blue jump trail in their, um, portfolio this year. I feel like that's, yeah, I I think we Charlie's to. doing it or who's doing it, but you don't usually go from no jumps to tribute, right? Like that's the, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, too, too big for me to hit. I mean, I'm too old for that stuff to be honest. My, I hear you there, uh, my man. My body doesn't really recover that those big jumps too much anymore. No. I'm, not, I'm not a great jumper. I never was. I can ride steeps and stuff, but I've never been a great jumper. Um, but I like to learn and I need something smaller than that to learn on before I get that. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. A hundred percent know what you're saying. That's on their list. And I think we could do that on Foxtrot. So we added a kilometer, Becky, to, to Foxtrot. Okay. We added over a thousand meters and we redid probably 300 of their first 400 meters, which wasn't really in their budget and their plan. But we looked at them and we're like, this is all too tight. We get in the Harvard Grove up top. I'm like, this is beautiful, but it's too tight. Yeah. You need like, you know, it's going to be a green trail. You get to open this up and these turns can be bigger. And, you know, so we, 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 when you're talking about using a protractor and your brooms kind of thing, we essentially do sort of that. We'll, uh, we'll put a stake in and and run the rope out straight in a straight line and drop our pin flags with that. Yeah. So we find the apex of the turn, kind of the center of the turn and do that. And then the only thing that was a little tougher is when it first opened was the, uh, we never quite had the time to do the hand shaping on the shrub we wanted. We got like two, three days and we really needed probably like two weeks to shape that. Cause there was 21 berms, right? Yeah. It so we awesome were roughed in the excavator. They roughed in the excavator, but they weren't 
shape the way we would have really liked. We get to like run a tamper of them quick, but we never really get to carve out the hollow in them and kind of get them quite the way we wanted. But it, it rode in quite well. It rides uh, really well. Mm, Real good. Oh, thanks, man. It's yeah. fast. Some people really like it. I, I heard some of the kids that are like, you know, you hear some of the young guys, they're, they're, it's boring because there's no jumps. And I get that. But that wasn't well, it's my not, decision. It's not what they wanted. What the client right? asked you for, right? You got to yeah. build what they want. So. Would I like that one? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah you yeah, you've ridden that yeah, one. I haven't ridden that one. Pretty sure. You guys, no, you guys all went. That was right around the time when I was having surgery. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, I didn't get to go. Oh, I thought we I really liked that one. That one. Mm. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, those berms, like, you can get some serious G-force on them and suck your face right down. Well, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, of, some of them were pretty good with the grade. But the way the boys worked, the grade reversals were good. Like, that one was cool. That was, uh, was the first time where... In, since the infancy my traveling company i stood back and i like okay let's look, watch my business partner go so we subcontracted with a guy that sort of brought us in with it the rosenbergs john and aaron rosenberg aaron was a, a really good hand trail builder from ontario who moved down here and he's a he's a really detailed um woodworker by trade he refinishes old homes windows and doors mm-hmm. and all that stuff really skilled guy so aaron and his brother john aaron want to get into trouble so his brother john runs a construction business and he bought him an excavator and did some work. So I said, okay, well, let's let Aaron and Ian, my business partner, lay out the line. So they laid it all out and then they come sit and take a look at it. So I walked down with the flag with them and you know, I made it, I'm sure I gave my input and maybe we changed something to my taste or whatever. But generally speaking, it's, it's their line through the woods. And uh, we sent Aaron ahead. We tried a different method just to try it out. So we sent Aaron ahead and Aaron removed the organic and roughed in the line and Ian finished it with the second excavator behind him. Mm-hmm. So we had one excavator chase the other down the hill, basically. Yes. We, we built you know, 1.3 kilometers in a month, essentially. Jeez. Which wasn't too bad. That's We're not as bad. fast as Charlie, but that was, wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Char- Charlie's freakishly fast when Kodiak Trail works. He's, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like if, if you look at. He's got a lot of experience though, does he not? He does. If you look yeah. at the, the scene, I think he worked like 10 or 15 years in a mine. You'd have to ask him yeah. exactly. He worked a long time in a mine and an excavator operator. And then he worked for Drome and Centro Boreal, the biggest traveling company in Eastern Canada. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then he worked up in the mine. And then he was so good at that. Some of the towns up there hired him directly. And that's how he got into his own. And he's doing the stuff down in Wentworth. He's doing the Wentworth area. And yeah. Charlie's a great guy. And I, I, Hey, I'd love to partner up that kind of project at some point or work with him. Cause he's, he's an awesome guy and he, incredible rider too. Yeah. Um, and to me, like when I look around and this is just my personal opinion, there's some good trailers in Atlantic Canada. He's, he's the master. He's mm. the guy we're chasing. Right. Yeah. So I said that to you, I'm like, you know, he's the guy we're chasing. He's not going to have time to do everything. So let's, let's, you know, let's chase him. Let's, let's push our craft and, and try to get to his level. Like that's, you know, that's the yeah. thing. And Ian doesn't have 15 years on an excavator or 12 years on an excavator or whatever Charlie has. Ian has a year and a half on an excavator. Yeah. Right. Wow. Ian's, Ian's been in construction his whole life. My business partner, he's uh He's a surveyor by trade, built in big highways and that kind of stuff, right? So he's yeah. he's handy and he's getting good. And it's, it's really awesome for me to watch his progression because when we first started, I had done a, an excavator trail at Rockwood and spent a bunch of time on the excavator, but probably, you know, like 50 or 80 hours or whatever, nothing crazy. And then I was much better than the machine than him and I showed him a couple of things and just let him go. But it's interesting to watch him do it, like watch him start at Foxtrot. And then I seen him later in the year with all the crazy problems we ran into on the Enduro trails. Rockwood and uh, watching them figure out solutions and fixing those. And, you know, I get a call sometime in the middle of work or text like, you need to come see me after work. We're in something crazy here. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went in and I'm like, oh, cool. Another spot open up on the side of this hill where the water's coming out of. What are we going to do here? So <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, you know, that, that hill has a couple of water reservoirs up top and it's porous rock and, and you could yeah. go through a completely dry section that the other trail builder left over behind that we thought was okay when we gave our price and we're like, Oh, this looks good. It's like me going to renovate your house and thinking everything's good. And I start renovating and go, oh, crap, the foundation's falling down. That's not good. Yeah, exactly. 
we drove an excavator one time across a 50 to 60 foot patch and three underground springs opened up right to the middle of the trail. Oh my uh, word. On dry ground, it looked perfectly solid. I drove the excavator across it in August. So it wasn't like it wasn't dry. Oh my word. And it was opening up. And we're like, oh, cool. So we had rented a, a tracked wheelbarrow. And luckily, the T bar line, the old T bar line at Rockwood, was essentially detonated rock. Yeah. So we dug it all up. We just built a big stone cosmic and filled it up and capped it with soil. And you never even know it's area right over it. And you, in the blink of an eye, you miss it. It's on trail two with super steep section. Yeah. But you'll, you know, you'll just miss it. I, I would have. Yeah. I've ridden that trail a bunch and I can't think of where that is. <laughs> it's so. just before it's, it's about these, you know, say 40, 50 meters before that big three pack of berms right at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. And then the trail joins the other trail. So just yeah. before that, before you take that, you make a right-hander, a left-hander, and then the big sweeping right-hander yeah. that's on both trails. Yep. So it's before that first right-hander before the two after it. Yeah. Okay. First those sweeping. Is, yeah. is that where Watts' first rolled right into the trees? Because he didn't know where we were going. Who's Watts' first? Oh. When was this? Did you guys get to ride those trails since yeah. he rebuilt yeah. them? Oh, yeah. We've ridden them. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you got down um, then or not. Oh, my God. Who the hell was we with? It wasn't Dexter. We was... We was with somebody and they drove like right into the, I think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Off the trail, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that I think. second trail is quite steep. I, I would have liked to have done some additional reroutes and like change the corridor or some, but I feel like we got them as good as we can within the corridor without making too many changes to the corridor just because there's only so much budget to do with. There's already a lot of money into that trail mm. and uh, yeah, it wasn't a big appetite in the community to, you know, to revisit and redo them again. So I personally like, like trail two, if you look at the the land there and taking a good look, I was quite surprised that the original trailer had just, just where they had placed it basically. Yeah. If you look at that land, there was a T-bar line, a couple of ski runs there and a drainage ditch, a drainage gully and all the water on that hill runs into that gully. And they would have, those engineers back in the day would have shaped that ski hill road, shaped those ski runs and shaped that T-bar line. So all the water ran in there and yep. trail two literally runs down a drainage gully. So that's, that was a really <laughs> interesting challenge for us is to put a trail trail <laughs> fix a trail that's down a drainage gully so yeah. it definitely has some challenges i think it turned out okay um it did, yeah. i'm excited for phase two of the the trails there and hopefully we'll uh we'll get a shot at that when the rfp comes out hopefully we'll get picked for it i'd love to uh do something cool in our home terrain and and start from the top and have our blank canvas and find our own uh our own path of course just to well kind of just show everybody what we can do kind of you know with a blank slate and be fun yeah, so it would be. Phase two on that enduro park there. What's what's what does that entail? So um I believe Darren, they want somewhere like three more trails. One would be essentially be two new ones and then fixing up Simon says. So because Simon right. says if you keep crossing over, you're kind of taking away yeah. the the flavor of that XC trail anyway. So I feel like we'll, we'll finalize the ideas. I got a couple ideas I want to do, and I don't want to give too much away if I end up getting it, but I feel like part of the trail, probably like the climb, the opening section needs to be decommissioned and um, something from the top from the water tower needs to tie into it. And then all the cool descents and stuff on time says need to be saved. And, and, and just uh, it drops down really low on the way out and you get a big switchback climb out of it. I think a couple of things, one, you don't drop down quite as low. There's a side hill beside that you're running along and you could, uh, you could do some really fun grade reversal, like an awesome descent down through there, not drop quite as low. And then, uh, have less of a climb out where you carry a lot of speed. You don't really have to do a whole heck of a lot of pedaling to get you back to the parking lot. So, mm. but there's some cool stuff. I got a slab in there that's I picked out. If I get chosen for it, and we'll see if I share it with anybody else. If I don't get picked for it, no, I'm just kidding. As a rider, I'll share it with whoever. But there's a slab in there I feel is twice as high as the one I did on Skyway. 
Jeez. Oh. Um, so yeah, really cool. Kind of like something you see in Squamish or something that yeah. should be really neat. I, I really like that one on Skyway. That's a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, when that started, I was the first year of the pandemic when they were going to lock down, you weren't allowed to around people. It was nice out. The beautiful day would be like a day like today here in St. John, where it was like three or four or five degrees. And I knew there was still snow and ice in the park and I couldn't ride yet. It was kind of a sloppy season. So I said, I might take some tools and go for a hike. So I parked on the highway because you're not really going to use parking lots. And I like, you know, snuck into the park, which you're not really supposed to do, but I was all by myself. And I hiked up onto there and I just started walking Mackay Skyway, which is one of my adopted trails. And I had done a huge 500 meter reroute on it a couple of years before that. And I started cleaning up some things that I meant to get back to. And I was going around the section of trail and a tree fell. And I still have a photo of it, but the tree fell and I could look down the tree and see the other trail. I'm like, there's my slab ride. <laughs> so I, uh, I went to the park and said, Hey, can I, can I do this slab ride as an optional line? Emily's like, yeah, cool. Just don't make it the main line. Obviously the hikers and people got to get down up and down it, whatever. And, uh, so we cleaned it up and I was hoping it was a little more smooth, a little concave in the middle, which you fill in with dirt, but it gets washed yeah. through once in a while. I need to throw some dirt in again this spring. And then I got to the bottom and cleared out some trees and stuff, took them out of there and you guys are laughing at the rock essentially goes completely concave and super abruptly and it just drops and i was like yep. oh my god so i got photos of it so i put probably josh and i worked on it for a day i worked on it for a day by myself one eight hour day and josh and i spent a six hour day together and i think there's 300 rocks in the ramp to get off of it oh, at the bottom wow that you, ne- that you never see varying sizes could be the size of your fist up to you know the 80 pound rock, whatever, but, and the way anchor snows the outside are hard, but there's that little ramp at the bottom. You don't see that because yeah. the slab wasn't smooth, right? Yeah. It, it looked great and took the organic off and it just curved off and you're like, oh man. Yeah. Anyway, it, it was too cool not to use it. And uh, yeah. So then we got our first little slab shoot, something to ride. And it, but I'll tell you, it was that we laugh about it. They were like, man, that was a heck of a lot of work for less than a second. You're on it. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, boom, gone. You're like, oh, that's yeah. over. A lot of work for a little pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you, I definitely appreciate it. Mm. Well, it's fun, you know, and, and it's neat. You see people get some photo ops and that, and people get to push themselves. Like, there's people that have written it that said they'd, they'd never ride it. And then they come back and they're like, man, I rode your slab up on, on, on Sky with you guys built. I'm like, oh, cool. What'd you think? They're like, it was scary as hell, but I loved it. You know, and it's kind of fun. Nobody really, yeah. to my knowledge, gotten seriously hurt on it or anything. And it's kind of a fun thing. We tried to make the fall zone at the bottom nice and clear and clear stuff out. So if somebody does take a digger, I mean, don't get me wrong, you're falling on rock and dirt, but it's, you know, it's reasonably safe for a, yeah. for a first deep feature, right? So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. But mountain biking, I mean, it's not always safe. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're taking a risk no matter what. It is what yeah. it is. There's an element of risk and, you know, you can walk outside and fall on the ice on your feet. I mean, yeah, you could get off your bike and fall on the ice and break your ribs. Yeah, like I just did. Right, exactly. You know, like. (laughs) Let me tell you, if there's a day I don't fall off my bike, you should call up the aliens, see what they did with the real me. Oh, I know. That's for sure. (laughs) Me and the dirt, we are one. Yeah. Darren Darren likes to crash about once a ride. I heard Darren likes to take risks. I haven't been with Darren, but I, I hear he's quite brave on a bicycle. So yeah, he likes to take risks. <laughs> we we call it stupid, but yeah, you can use the word brave if you want. I don't know. I don't like after that trip to Raymond with Louis Paul. I think my brave just kind of took a backseat. I was looking at that. I was like, holy shit! No, oh really man, like, you've got to go up there sometime, Ernie, and, and walk that with him. And like some of those things. Well, and what's the one we rode in St. John that's a steep? What the hell is that trailer? What's the real steep one there in Sky? Uh, oh, great. In Rockwood. 
I know. Uh, I know a lot of trails, but I don't know. Trails in Rockwood would be like Rock Pile Road, some stuff on Mackay Skyway. It's really short. There's a uh, triple Skywalker? stair. Oh. Is it Skywalker? Yes, Skywalker steep. Yeah, I just rode that yeah. the other day on the fat bike, actually. Yeah. I just said that three times. It's pretty steep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Super fun on the fat bike to try in the wintertime. That would be Sky fun. Skywalker's a breeze. Oh man, to like it's a green trail compared to what Lou Paul's building up in Edmonton. It's that- not even joking, I heard, man. Heard that. The stuff yeah, I've heard it's got some crazy stuff. It's just so steep. You wouldn't think that you could actually keep your wheels on the ground for that duration wow. of time and at that angle. But yeah, just so well, and the to, one that you banged your balls on in it. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, yeah. a lot of people didn't keep their wheels on the ground, but Lou Paul is just an incredible rider who makes it look easy, and you're just like. What in the hell? <laughs> like, and then the next three guys come down and just about kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. I think we we went up there for like two hours to look at what, three trails he's got built? Yeah. And I think we saw like 12 or 13 crashes that day. A lot. And I don't mean like little crash. I mean bad, bad crashes. But there was some proper gnarly shit. Oh, like. it's the wildest shit I've seen. Like Acadian is nothing. Um, Skywalker's nothing compared to what he's got up there. It is, it's, it's wild. I'd probably be putting my between my legs and walking down it. But I, oh, well, I did, man. I, I, you know what? I put my pride aside and was like, not today. I mean, there's some stuff I could ride, but Lori's foot was messed up this summer, so we did a lot of mild riding, and I think with a little bit of more hardcore riding, I could definitely hit some of the stuff. But there's some stuff up there, like I'll never ride it. It's, it's crazy. It's insanity. Steeps, I generally don't mind tackling. I have to work my way up to them. You know, have be feeling good, have a good day on the bike. I don't mind tackling them. I'm not a big jumper. Like I know the boys at uh, Cintier Beaumont, like Martin Moray and those guys, yeah. they got some like 30 foot jumps and stuff. That's just not. My, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I just not good in the, in the air. I mean, I guess I need to work on it. Obviously, and I want and to. You had but, a motocross uh, right now, background. I'm not gonna hit you? a 30 foot gap jump. I'm just not doing it. I'd kill myself. And you had a motocross background. Yeah, but I was way better at like climbing hills on motocross yeah. bikes, like hill climbs, and it was way better at hair scrambles than it was at the jumps. And See, now, could, I, I, could always, I could always jump a motorbike, but man, I can't jump a friggin' mountain bike. I'm the same way. It just that's because you got no throttle. I got no throttle to regulate it. It just, I mean, I'm yeah. getting better, but I mean, I can't send giant jumps or anything like that. Not yet, anyway. I'd like to, but like that. I watched some guys pop on a bike, and it's crazy. I watched them like Aaron Rosenberg, the guy we worked with at, at Foxtrot. He, um, He's got a private trail here locally that I, I won't say on the podcast. We might be able to get an invite out there sometime. But anyway, he's got a private trail not far outside of St. John. He's got like a 30-foot step up, totally. you know, a 22-foot yeah. drop, like stuff. And he's tail whipping that stuff, like crazy. Yep. And he can, like, he, you guys rode the enduro trails where that split wooden feature is. Yeah. So Aaron built that for me. Yeah. And uh, Ian had the vision, my business partner, Aaron. So, yeah, I can do that. Ian drew it up. And, yeah, okay, let's do it. And he built it. And it was funny. When he was looking at the rock to anchor the wood to, he wrote down a con. I was looking at him like, what is he doing? He's eyeballing it. And the berm wasn't even built at the bottom yet. We hadn't rebuilt the berm. It was oh, a little really? janky berm that was left there. And he rode down, hit the rock, popped, just boosted the bike, and sent it all the way to the bottom and landed in the berm. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty narrow. the wooden feature there. So, where the wooden feature is, he basically skipped two-thirds of the wooden feature the whole thing yeah because with the wooden feature if you got i mean with the right speed i mean you basically just fall off of it into the berm like right. with the right speed because yeah man he really launched it didn't he oh yeah oh, he, <laughs> he, can, he can he can boost a bike yeah he hit a, he hit a tabletop we built down bottom testing one day and he completely overshot the transition landed flat Jeez. 
Some guys are just good, like Dexter Wilson there. I mean, that kid can yeah, fly. The same way. He can jump like crazy, but I just yeah, can't. Mark Murray, Jordan House. If you guys have met Jordan, he rides around in a uh, aluminum Santa Cruz high tire, a red one, mm-hmm. New Flander, big black beard, short stocky guy. Yep. He can, that guy can boost a bike like nobody's business. Yeah, I right? think he was there that day. I was yeah. there. Yeah, he can fire a bike around. Rosenberg can fire one around. Yeah. Dexter can. Yeah, Dexter can jump. It's funny to see a guy like Jordan too. It's funny. It's interesting in, in riding to watch different body types too. Right, like Dexter, you can see because he looks like a light, fast kid. He's, he's you know yeah. he's thin and strong, and like okay, I can see this guy getting some good air miles. But like Jordan's about like a tank. He looks like a linebacker. He does. Yeah, <laughs> you see him boost the bike, and you're like, wow, that guy's super athletic, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's a different exactly. build altogether. Like you know, he probably weighs two point five times as much as Dexter kind of thing, right? Like he's just yeah. you know it's crazy. And who's the guy that rides? Uh, it's an old. It's an old DH bike. It's like a intense or something like that. Old, old school, like 26 inch wheels. He was there that day at the grand opening. Uh, the day we were at Poli, we were watching him just sending the crap out of that new, that big jump trail. Holy. Really? Frig. Yeah. And he was there in St. John. And it was an old friggin' DH bike, like 26 inch wheels, everything. 26 ain't dead, dude. No, definitely not for that guy. Like, well, there was a guy that worked at the shop for a while. McCann, have a beard, thin guy. I can't freaking remember what he looks like. Uh, you can. There was a guy that worked at our bike shop for a while. Richard, he used to race DH racing, and he yeah. had a blue intense. He did end up selling it to a guy in the Sussex area, but he. I say intense. It could have been something else. It, I just know yeah. it was an old DH bike, and I think it he had it had red rims on it. I remember nope. that. <laughs> I think his rims are red. I can't remember what color his rims are. Anyway, he, he has sent tribute on his old intense, and it's a 14 or 15 intense tracer or yeah. intense uh, V10. Sorry, not a tracer. Yeah. yeah. Or V, no, it would have been a V10. It would have been a V, whatever it was back then. But it's yeah. just a Becky chuckling. I can see it right now. A police officer walks in. Well, Wesley, what was your wife wearing when you last saw her? Well, I'm not really sure, officer. <laughs> what was she riding? Well, <laughs> me. A 2019 giant trans with blue rims. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you describe the bike? Parts, everything. I couldn't right? tell you what he looked like. It was it was the fact that you was explaining everything. Were, how, what he did, what he was riding. What did he look like? I'm going to fucking clue. Well, I don't care what he looks like. <laughs> That's because they just pay attention to the actual bike. Right. Oh, man. But he was just- sending it. You know, when you're going up the chairlift and there's... Uh, there's a, a like a jump tabletop coming out of the woods, and then there's a it's kind of like a hit, it can be a hip jump, oh, kind yeah. of a slab when you're going up poly up the chairlift where the trail crosses underneath from right to left. Yeah. The, Is that another bottom of 99? No, it's the new jump line. Side. Oh, what, what's okay. that jump line? Yeah, there's that step up, like just before you do the like the cliff drops off in the chairlift, there's that step up, you jump up, yeah, and you turn, make a couple of turns, you go in the woods, you come back out. And there's a little jump, and then there's the step down above the exposed bedrock. That step did. down. Well, that guy was launching off that friggin' step down and landing clear to the bottom on the cut edge on the right-hand side like a hip. Like, oh, I mean, cool. like, launch, yeah, launching yeah. it. Like, completely hipping it. it. Cool. And landing no, I'm not sure who that is. I'd like to know who it is now. Yeah, he's yeah, St. John. Jeez, over. Uh, Wesley cannot tell you whether it's tall, short, fat, skinny, <laughs> he hairy. Was, well, he was shorter hairy. than me. But was he male? Oh yeah, okay. it was a guy. Okay, but Adam if you're knows. And, uh, Adam knows who it was. Yeah, like reach out. Yeah, because when I saw him, like, oh my word! I said, I, I know who you are. <laughs> I said, you were friggin' flying at Poli. Like I mean, launching it. He was sending it huge. Like he never touched the slab, never touched the the trail. He was landing on like a 
four foot section, hip jumping that. Like, I don't know how far he was going, but it was nuts. Cool. Props. He basically landed on the cutback for the excavator. He was landing on the excavator cutback. Yeah. yeah. On the right side, well beyond where the cleared off slab is. Like, cool. <laughs> way beyond. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. that'd, that'd, be, that'd be like from lip to there would be, well, that's probably 30 or 40 feet. I was going to say, it's, it, I guessed about 30 feet roughly. I figured he was jumping, but I could just be guess, wrong. Just guessing, like I never measured yeah. it, but just looked at that step down and whatever and look, looked at that. I'm like, oh, that's a good, you know, it's a good jump, right? Because it, it's a good 15, 20 footer to jump it normally. I mean, this guy was going mm-hmm. basically twice as far as everyone else and landing it like a hip. Wow. It was pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> man, he could shred whoever it was. No well, yeah, having the confidence to land and the skill to land that bike sideways. That's pretty oh, impressive. man, I know. It was awesome. But so what's so what's in the in the works for this summer? You got stuff planned and on the go or what? We got a whole bunch of leads in the fire. It ended up being a weird summer of my winter. Of course, I was going to secure a bunch of contracts this summer. And then this year, I haven't actually secured any yet. So we've got a bunch of leads, but I haven't had anything totally fall through yet. But we've done a bit of everything like from government work. We were did some work in it. On hiking trails too, like on because we don't we don't differentiate, right? Like building trails, yeah, trails, yeah, trails trail. We build build whatever. And we enjoy hiking and running stuff too, just not as much as I do I ride a bike, of course. But yeah. Um so yeah, I, I feel like New River Beach would be end up do, back here doing some work. I think we probably have a pretty strong case to get some the Enduro trails at Rockwood. I mean nothing set in stone until you win the bid, but that's uh I think they're pretty happy with how we um Turned the trails around and kind of brought back the momentum in the community around the project. So. so I think we'll probably have a pretty good shot at those. And we'd be super stoked to build some stuff in our backyard. Um, I think I can talk about this. Yeah, I should be able to talk about this now. We uh, we completed a trail master plan last year for Rossi and Netherwood School. So Netherwood School, oh, really? uh, school locally around Spyglass Hill. They're, they're planning on a, a 7 or 8K trail system. They want some stuff like Shady Grove, some of the stuff John's volunteered and built for free, like some uh, Apri-Voo and Knock Knock kind of smooth, mm. flowy stuff. And they want some real technical stuff, kind of a mix of trails. So hoping they'll, they're going to start fundraising here soon. And they often don't take too long to get some money together. So we may end up doing some work here locally. Uh, we're going to finish up the trail. We first thing we're doing in the spring, as soon as the snow's gone, we're going to go finish our hand finish. We put a, a 1.2 or 1.3 K trail in at uh, Wollstock park. Oh, um, yeah. These from the yeah. original section trails to the new backcountry section. And then Charlie's doing a bunch of work there this year. Um, he's doing a new descent back to the parking lot, kind of in the current section. And he's going to do a climb trail. And I think, two enduro descending trails sort of thing in well, that yeah. network they're in, i heard they're investing like 300 grand or something in there i think i heard it's 300 000. something like yeah that. they had a co-op money like 306 000 mm. so that's pretty exciting that's um a, yeah. and we, we took a chunk of that and they spent a chunk of it on the plan because they they hired a big engineering firm from west that matt hadley used to be part of and hadley was kind of a pro or semi-pro cross-country rider originally from that area and he went to work at west <laughs> And uh, he works for a really cool company. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, um, so yeah, they spent a bunch of money in the plan. I'm not sure how much. And then they had us in to knock out that section trail. And uh, first we used to do a climb trail. And then they uh, they, they kind of voted on talking. And they're like, wait a minute. If we're bringing a professional, professional trailer to the trail, why are we getting to do a climb trail? Let's get to do something fun. So we kind of did a connector. Unfortunately, it's not. It's kind of like flash train. So we can only do so much with it. Yeah. But uh, we did make one really cool descent section that'll be climbed going the other direction because it's a two-way trail, but we will put it down along this really cool ravine that heads down towards the water so, and get the descent along that, put some greater verses and stuff. It should be quite popular. Is that in the new section or is that in the old se- old part of the trails? It's from the old trails to get to the new to one. Get so to it's the completely new, new trail. Okay. Yeah. 
it, um, it, we, we sniped and we stole a short, short section of snakes and ladders. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, so I think snakes and ladders or some of it's going to be decommissioned because we were like, okay, we need this section. Cause there was like, we wanted to go lower or I could have went lower than that, but I had to steal part of their trail cause they only had so much budget they wanted to spend on this part of the trail. And, I, and, and to go lower than that, there was a weird plateau that dropped off that just held water like crazy. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can do this, but I went at the causeway, the whole thing. And it was like, you know. 150 meters, 150, 200 meters it would yeah. been pretty expensive to build that section trail. And it would have been very exciting. And I told them that so I can do this, but it's not even very exciting. So we, yeah. we talked about looking at the maps more and one of the local builders like, well, snakes and ladders is not going to make much sense once you do these things anyway. And I'm like, cool, let's just use this 20 meters of it or whatever. So, yeah. So have you been yeah, back to cool. the new yeah. section that they're going to be building on? Have you seen it? Like I've never you been back. I only actually looked at a little bit of the flagging last year because we were so focused on trying to get ours done. It was a weird project. Like our River Valley Cycling is awesome. I've known the executive there for several years, and I've you know I've bought memberships with them before in different areas of the community. Even before I was building, just as a builder because I like to kind of support what's going on. And so I've known a few of them. And I went, I went out one day. My business partner Ian and I, they kind of gave us a lay of the land. Mike showed it to us, and we walked it. One day we we booked another day and went back up. We, we spent like. My business partner was going through a concussion at the time and we probably walked it for like five hours, hiked it. And I came out and it was one of those days where just everything didn't go sideways, went sideways. I was almost in tears. I was like, man, I'm not doing this project. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we can't build the trail through. There's too much wetland. Like, there's, I can't do this. And we just got completely frustrated. And I was like, okay, we need a week or two to think about this. And then I like set up, uh, it's always good to talk to local builders, right? Because we, we yeah. bushwhacked through the air like crazy. And then I was like, okay. And then um, we set up a, a meeting with Bev Bunker. I don't know if you guys know Bev, he's done a lot of stuff yeah. in MVP and other places and he's a good, he's a good dude. And uh, anyway, so we walked with Bev and, and like, Bev's like, well, what do you guys just move up here and take part of this trail? Whatever. I'm like, oh, fuck. you know, you just, it's one of those like, I like white ball moments. We're like, yeah, why don't we do that? But I just, you know, you know, like party as a trailer doesn't want to ever mess with anybody else's trails. You know, yeah. it's like, like the Simon Says thing. Simon Says is a really cool legacy trail at St. John. But if you were to look at the heat maps, it doesn't really get used much because it's yeah. not really linked to anything. It's kind of off in the park all on its own. So I'm like, well, maybe part of that trail needs to disappear to make the Enduro Park better. Maybe not, but that's so, so like, those are the kind of discussions I think that are integral to have. And I know the original builder of that trail and the, and the trail's named after his son. And I think I would approach him if we do come up with something really cool. And we do end up leaving out part of the trail. Um, I would approach him and talk to him about it. And before the club even signed off and it just as a kind of like a man to man thing, cause he's an awesome guy and he's done a lot of work and he's one of the original builders and did a lot of the trails at Island view in Frankly before they moved to St. John. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like party never wants to mess with. Yeah. I get you there. Trail. I get you there. Is that section at Wollastock, the new section, is it like, is it pretty decent, legit going to be good enduro trails or much elevation or. Yeah, no, it should be good. I mean, they don't get, you know, 300 meters or anything crazy, but they, yeah. they it's quite a bit and uh, they got a big lookout there. You can see some photos where they take an ATV trail, go back and back of this lookout mm-hmm. and it starts somewhere on the top of that lookout. I am going to go back when we go back to hand finish the trail, which should only take us a week, open ours up right away in the spring. We're going to crack it open fast um, and get people on it, right? Get wheels on and get it ridden in. Um, once we open that, when I go back and do that week, like Ian will go back and do it. I'll go up that weekend or whatever. I am going to hike back and take a look at some of the flag and the lines and, and see what Charlie's going to be up to. And he may already be in there working. I think that's, might be his first project to show. I'm not sure what he's at first, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of see it. I think it's going to be cool. Mm. Um, I, I think, you know, Charlie only does good work. So I, I uh, as a rider, I'm, uh, you know, as a, as a competitor in sort of a way or, or a 
you know, I, I'm a little jealous of his work in some ways, but as a rider, I'm super stoked to ride. To ride yeah, right? no. so, it's like a double-edged sword. You're kind of jealous in one part, but, but you're also excited to go check it out. When it gets yeah. Done. And I know like dollars wise, I feel like there's enough, um, traveling going on in Atlantic Canada right now between oh, hiking crazy. and riding that, uh, and I, and I think one of the education processes I think going forward for like trail associations and municipalities and government agencies and stuff. And it was interesting. I was educated by a guy in government, my first government project last year, we built a, is it a 1.8, 1.8 long kilometer trail at Hopewell rocks. We mm. built the trail from the nearest campground to connect the campground to Hopewell rocks. Uh, and it's going to be part of this big link system they plan on doing long-term. I think they're building like a hundred or 140 K they want to, like some oh, of its wow. own rail beds, whatever. It wants to go from like Alma to Dieppe or something crazy like that. Mm. And some of it's going to be like riding in the hybrid, but it might be a cool, like bike packing route or something too, where you could like yep. ride a bunch, punch, punch out with your family, steal right somewhere in a little thing or whatever and keep going. But, but anyway, we, we built that. And, uh, when I did that, I got educated with the government guy. Like essentially like one of the things that needs to happen a little bit in land Canada is we need to the prices per meter need to actually go up a little bit. Like if the troubling companies are to survive and, yeah. and be able to, you know, nobody needs to become a millionaire, but they need to be able to pay the bills with the rising cost of everything like fuel and rentals or maintenance on machines, all that stuff's going up, transportation costs, lodging, all that stuff costs money. And um, we need to find a balance of like, I feel like, some of the trail builders historically have worked for too little. Like yeah. I remember one of them I talked to in Atlanta, Canada, uh, and has a good record. He's been doing it for a long time. He's an excellent guy. Um, said to me one time, he's like, man, every time I go to a municipality, I give them like a good, better, best proposal. So here's your thing. Here's what we can do at, you know, if I'm writing this down as I talk, cause I like visuals sometimes 50 K 75 would be really cool. We could do it even better. And hundred K is the dream budget. And, we can do an awesome job. And he said, almost every single time for the municipality, they come back to me later and say, okay, we want the middle level of quality at 75, but we're going to pay the 50. Yeah. And I said to him, I said yeah. to him one time, because he's been doing it for a long time. And I said, well, you know the solution to that, right? And he said, what's that? I said, Pretty change possible. the price. When you, give it to them. when you do the proposal, change the price. I said, get rid of the 50, start at your 75, put in hundred, put in 150. So when they ask you for the middle level, or the lower number, you're doing the middle level at your original middle level. You really want it to do Like you need to change yeah. your price from heater. You yeah. need to think about that, like what, what, what's profitable. Like to me as a traveler, my two years experience and the stuff we've fallen on our face on a little bit. And you know, all, and at the end of the day, one thing I've always said is I refuse to leave a project incomplete. I've heard stories about that stuff happening in mm. Canada. I don't think it happens a whole lot anymore, but like, or companies, you know, took money to build a pump track and the city got an incomplete pump track or whatever it is. And that I won't, I won't do that. I'll follow my sword. I'll run my company to business. To me, you're only as good as the last job you worked on. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I really believe in quality and you have to give the value back, but at the same token, you got to keep the lights on. So if things go sideways, there has to be something built into the contract that protects you in the event that what happened to me this year, you drive through a dry section of trail and three underground springs open up in the trail, <laughs> you know, yeah. you gotta, well, that's the thing. There's gotta, a lot of uncertainties in trail building. I mean, you can walk the land and look at it, but it's like you said, I mean, if you drive an excavator over and find out it's completely soaked, like, I mean, how do you budget for that? Mm. Unless you right. price a little high, price a certain percentage higher, like you got to do that. And, that. and that's what the guy, that's what that was interesting with my government project and the government guy I worked with was awesome. It's Mark Legier, no big secret. He's a, the, the trails coordinator for the Southeast Services Commission in Brunswick. So he does a lot of the fundy stuff and all that. Mark's an awesome guy. His father was the guy that either created or upkept. I feel like he created a lot of the actual fundy footpath. Okay. 
So Mark is an excellent guy. He has, he has a heritage in, in, in trail development with his father all the way from when he's a little boy took him in the woods and did work on those things. And, uh, you know, Mark taught me, Ernie, you guys need to treat this like a regular construction job. There needs to be a contingency percentage on your builds. And so if things go sideways, you need to add a drainage pipe in, you're not broke on the job. And so anyway, it was interesting. So to me, like trail building, um, you know, like if you're in an ideal perfect situation doing a machine build, in a hardwood grove and everything's dry and it's awesome. It's still 25 bucks a meter. It's gotta be, mm-hmm. it's not 25 bucks a meter. You're, you're, you're not making any money. Yeah. And, and if you're doing it just to do it, well, then you might as well be a volunteer and just exactly. fundraise and do that, do it that way, which is okay too. Yeah. But you, you know, if you're, if you're doing it as a business and you want to like make a bit of an income and then be able to employ some people and, 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 you know, have some students working for you and that kind of thing, you, you need to, to do that. And we've done some handbuilt projects now. We've done some machine built projects. Um, our accountant that started the business seems to be amazed that both years I've ended up with a little bit of a little bit of money left. And I say a little bit because it's only a little bit, but we've ended up with some money left in the bank, I guess, which is pretty not common on a new business for the first year or two. Oh, so, 100%. Yeah. Um, but service based business, there's less overhead than taking on a venture like you guys have with a restaurant and a bike shop and that kind of stuff. That's a different, <laughs> different animal altogether, right? Yeah, um, sure. Well, there's different yeah, but you still differences learn, right? between a new business and buying an established business. It's totally different things yeah yeah for sure and you still learn like i think we still have room to improve our efficiencies in a way that can keep our costs down like we're we're figuring out things like okay well how do we cut down lodging costs on our job if i'm quoting on it i'm like well maybe we should buy a freaking vacation trailer and you know because my business partner he's like a you know, he'd live in the hut in the middle of the jungle kind of thing. Right? He's one of those guys. He, he likes that stuff. You know, he's worked in Northern Manitoba for 10 years and, you know, washes all the time, but doesn't wear deodorant because it brings flies on kind of thing. Right. Like just, yeah. you know, one of those guys, super healthy eater, like into yoga and stuff like he, anyway, he's a good dude. You guys have to meet him sometime. And uh, so, so it's like finding, you know, finding that balance. And, and my joke lately is I, uh, I went to work at a bike shop and ride my bike class. I started a traveling company. Don't have time to build trails anymore. <laughs> yeah. True that. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're in the middle of it or when you're, when you're trying to run the business, you, you don't, I don't get nearly as much time to dig as I like to. So I still do go to like some of the community builds and stuff to get the swing of tool. Cause I, I, that's what got me started. And that's what, that's what I enjoy the most. It's not making money, although I do like the opportunity to employ some people. We've had some young people working with this last couple of summers and it's, you know, it's kind of fun to, give some of your friends, kids a job in the summer and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. And hopefully create, like we've actually created some riders out of it. Like one of my buddy's sons come to work with us and then he started riding old, he was bike one of my other buddies lent him and then I bought a mountain bike and he's into it. Right. So it's kind yeah. of neat. You had to create some new riders and. It's a, it's a super fun. I love trail building. Like, I mean, I'm extremely outdoorsy to begin with. I like being outside, but be able to be outside every day and digging trail and just visualizing lines and features. Like, man, that's a good way to make a living. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I in that or even a side maybe, hustle. Well, it, it, yeah. It's, so for now, it's my side hustle. My my family's a little. My wife, by nature, I love her. And she's very supportive of everything I do. But she's a little risk averse by nature, so I did keep a job during this, and I'm super excited to work with Dean at the bike shop and mm. and do lots of fun things there and and help put bums on seats, as I like to call it. Um, but if it ever gets busy enough and I end up in the woods all the time, I'm not going to be upset by that. And if it doesn't. And I'm in this hybrid world I'm in now. I'm okay with that too. It's super yeah. fun to, you know, nothing against ins- working in insurance. I did it for a long time and I worked with really great people. And um, it's a different client that buys invisible protection 
that buys a bicycle to ride in the woods or ride on the road. Right. Yeah, so this yeah. is a very, it's a very tangible experience and nobody comes into your store unless they're looking to buy something and they're typically excited to get on and whatever. And not too many people enjoy or want to buy insurance. Right? Yeah. They usually don't I don't tell anybody that I work in the business. I don't, <laughs> it's just not worth it right now. <laughs> yeah. I, have I, I have a cow that tells everyone I do. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> Oh, company vehicle. I never minded. I never minded because I worked for really good companies like TD Insurance treated me really well. CA was awesome. They're an international not-for-profit organization, right? So when CA makes money, they're putting it back in the community, put it back into the roads and, and the programs they do and, and, and combating, you know, drinking and driving and, and our road safety and our road rules and cyclist safety and all kinds of stuff that they get involved in. So mm. I still have my insurance with CA and nothing against CD insurance, but they're owned by a bank. So yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cool putting it there. Um, I broke and it I like working there. Being an adjuster for a couple of years, I got to see like, you know, the value that that product puts on someone's household and their family when stuff goes sideways in their life. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've worked with people that have lost their home and people that have lost their favorite vehicle and, you know, or something like gets passed away in an accident or, you know, yeah. Yep. But it's still not as fun as selling bicycles. No, oh, no. 100%. <laughs> or coming in and building you some trails. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys are building trails, like, do you ride your bike on some, like, do you kind of start shaping up a trail? Like when you're getting, do you, do you ride your bike to just get a feel for the trail? If it's right, or do you just build it and finish it and then ride it? No, no, no. We test as we go. No, okay, no. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm a big believer that you can't, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. And this is going to sound weird, but there's no way we're skilled enough to just set it and forget it. We can't just build your trail and walk away. So that's perfect. You know, yeah. you gotta like, yeah, no. you gotta ride a bunch, right? Well, like I, think, I knew. I think they all do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the stuff, the stuff that I had told you earlier that as a builder, I'll never sleep great about with Foxtrot because I always wanted to change it. Mm. Some things that I kind of had to do to work with the landowner and the client. And they were awesome to work with. Don't get me wrong. But this was their first time bringing in paid trailblazers. We were the first yeah. paid trailblazer to land on their soil too. So we were kind of like the test subject, right? Um, and, and it was good. But the things I knew when we walked away from that, that Aaron and Ian and I all knew were like, we don't like this. Mm. We knew. And then the more it got written in, the feedback happened from the community and the users. And even Jamie, who ended up riding bikes more, Jamie yeah. here, the, the manager of Poli, he ended up telling me that that is actually one of his favorite trails. Cause you know, he's a little older, he's a family. He's not going to, he's not riding tribute. Okay. That's not Jamie's style. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said, Ernie, that's my favorite trail there. And he goes, I said, is there anything you don't like? And he said, I don't like this and this. I'm like, cool. That's what I told you. You guys weren't going to like it. I knew. I knew when I built it, they weren't going to like it. But at the same time, it, it, it's your customer. Yeah. So if your customer really insists on something, if you come into me and say, I'm really buying a gravel bike and I'm going to ride the single track and rock with power, I'm going to tell you politely that that's not the right weapon for the job, right? It's not the right yeah. bicycle to do that. I'm not going to fight with you about it. At the end of the day, and if a 20-year-old kid who wants to start training to race cross-country race and wants to come in and buy an e-bike, I'm not going to talk them out of it, but I'm going to tell them it's not really what they want to do to train. But at the end of the day, I'm going to sell them the bike. And when they come back a year later and say, oh, you're right, I should have got this. That's okay, the, I'll work with you to get you off that one. Get you on one. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough when they got bought. Hey, at the end of the day, they're signing the checks. So, you know, right. you got to do what they want. But I, I would, yeah, that would be a struggle. You really try. And they were really good. Like, like uh, I don't want to like point fingers or make excuses for anything that happened to Poli too, because it's good. It was a good experience overall. It was an excellent experience overall. It's first time for us we get to build on a hill, right? Yeah. Um, 
and, and they were excellent um, to work with. Um, you know, we we had like creative disagreements. I guess maybe better. Way. Not even disagreements. That's right. Where we have different creative visions. I guess would be the way to say. Mm. It. Like I, I seen exactly what I wanted to do, but it wasn't quite what they wanted. So I had to adapt my vision. And Ian and I and Aaron and I had to adapt our visions to, to match what the customer wants as close as we could. Yeah. And we said to them, like, it's always going to be a little faster than you think this trail. Cause we knew we're like, this is 40, 50% great. I can, if I can only go across so much of your Hill yeah. before I have to turn back, I can only take out so much of the steepness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I was limited to how, if I had the whole Hill to work with, like I started at one corner and right all the way to the corner, I could have made that thing 7% the whole way down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I remember talking to Ben and they were pretty, uh, pretty insistent on not like touching any of the, the ski runs or causing any damage there or anything. Yeah. It had to be completely. Right. And they have to be there. Yeah. Like I, I get that because you, you, the other thing they have to be super conscious of on that hill is anything they do, they have to be conscious about how does it impact them on, from an erosion standpoint yeah. and how does it impact their ski runs from an erosion standpoint. Right. So yeah. this is very new for them. And I think, I think seeing what we could do and what Charlie did on the other side, uh, hopefully I, I'm not hopefully I know it's, it's given them more faith in like what they've done doesn't disturb the landscape enough to mess with the skiing, which is yep. pretty cool because these, these two things can exist very cohesively together. And I think that's, that's exciting for us as riders and, and we're skiers or snowboarders or whatever. It's exciting for everybody that, Hey, I, I can go use this, this hill year round now for different things. Right. So that's oh, I cool. love riding the mountain bike yeah, trails yeah. of crab mountain on my snowboards. <laughs> the bank turns <laughs> yeah. on a snowboard. I think it's just a process oh, yeah. that I ride I with the scales. Are. Like all the scales are the same where the primary business is skiing and they haven't quite figured out that it can build bike trails and coexist mm. rather peacefully and separately. Yeah. Um, they're, they're stuck in that phase of, well, we can't do anything to damage the skis, the the ski runs or, or anything like that, you know, but we want this and we're not really sure where we're going. I think it's just a process of allowing them to learn. Yeah. We're yeah. Really in the infancy of it. And yeah. yeah. New Brunswick is like massively in the infancy of it. You look at places like BC and every frigging scale has got trails, like well-developed yeah. trails insanely. And then you look at the East coast and it's even Quebec trails are oh, freaking yeah. unreal. Yeah. As soon as you oh, cross yeah. that border into New Brunswick, it's like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Like, where's all, your, where's all your trails? I want to get up this year to the Massif. They just built like the longest downhill run in yeah. Canada. It's amazing. It's frigging awesome. Yeah. It was like looks cool. Crazy. Like three runs is 30k. That, yeah, you guys wrote it? Bottom. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah. summer. We went up cool. to Mont Saint Anne for the uh World Cup races nice. and then oh, awesome. disappeared down the road to La Massif and it did not nice. disappoint. Arm pump went Good. crazy. Unbelievable. I'm gonna try riding. to get the boys to check it out this year. I've been up twice and rode uh uh Val Bradenor and Centre Milan. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah, we did Centia Milan. Awesome. Super fun. Well, we should probably let him get on his evening and let Becky go to bed. <laughs> so what's your ideal it. trail to build? If you had to pick, if you had your own blank <laughs> canvas and you were going to build your own trail, whatever you want, what would you want to build? I love super diverse trails, but the thing I want to build the most when I can find the right spot to do it. And we're working on a little super secret project in Rockwood where we may, or in uh, St. John area where we may get a new, a new network to build in a new zone. And if that happens, I am going to build you guys something like Wolverine or Slab City. Oh, oh. no shit. Yeah, that's my <laughs> jam. I, that's why I love the Skyway. I, I built Skyway, like not built Skyway. Skyway was built by a couple of local guys. They feel like Jay Lamb and 
I forget the other guy's name. That's a full part of my part, and I apologize. They, they, they contribute a lot to Skyway. And I always love Mackay Skyway because even when it was kind of wet and rock, when you could ride the tr- this trail in the rock because you mm, don't yeah. hurt rocks. Right? So you rode up it. You descended down into this marshy lowland, <laughs> climbed back to the final the plateau where the jumps start now, and then you descended again down, straight down to the brook. And it was cool. And I was liked it, and I was like, why didn't they stay on the rocks? So I, I got this thing in my head, and I started bushwhacking those rocks, and I spent a couple – weeks probably looking around in there, not full time weeks, but you know, here and there just popped in and looked around and I flagged away through it. And then AJ from the international Mountain association was down and uh, he looked at it with me and, and uh, we rerouted it on the rocks. He made one little tweak to my, to my reroute and there's some punchy climbs and stuff on it, but that allowed us to set it up for the slab ride and the good speed into those jumps. And the Patrick could break it off and do his jump line. And I could keep the other line for the people that didn't want to do the jumps. And then the park actually took out the last steep line down to the bridges, the park, wanted us to reroute that because there was a lot of near collisions. Like I hit a dog there one time, sadly. The dog nice. wasn't on the leash in my defense. But I was going down this summer descent and this dog come running up to like sniff my leg. And I slammed on the brakes and skid into the dog. We both fell off the trail. Thankfully the dog was okay. And I didn't hit any people. But there's been a lot of near collisions over there. We, it took a while to figure out why, but there's a low spot right behind that where a stream comes in in, in the in the valley or the crevasse, whatever, yeah. low spot. And uh, it's a traffic noise. All the traffic echoes in. So you can't hear, it's the only place in the park, you can't hear the bikes coming down. Yeah. So I switched back, sort of steep descending switchbacks. We switched back that last descent and made a new descent down to that final spot. And then we skipped the bridges and, and looped it back across that. I wanted to try a stone causeway across the water, see if it works. So I love rocks. I'm kind of, it was super exciting for me the time we were digging the trail. And you guys may, may blink and miss a thing, but we exposed this like banked bedrock thing. We have like sort of a stone berm at the bottom of Skyway. So like yeah. it's cut sign like wait see just a little ten foot section of what Slab City is for a kilometer right yeah and that kind of thing is really exciting to me yeah we and know stuff know how, like that do you oh yeah <laughs> I don't know how our, our 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 actual stone works out for that down here if it's going to work as good as I think but like we're looking at a new zone the change on cycling may you know try to bust it up provincial and federal project here and a big chunk of unused crown land and if that moves forward. What I've seen is there's two hills there with like, let's say 200 meters of elevation change. Um, so kind of like a mini center in Milan, right? We have the two sectors, yeah. whatever. Crazy amount of exposed stone and stuff. So I'd like to link together something really cool and stuff like that. Um, that being said, I absolutely love uh, a flow trail like you find in Brookvale. So yeah. I, uh, I I like all kinds of trails. Being a traveler, I love to ride everything. That's just, I like all different style trails. So I, I'd also be super keen to build, build something really flowy and fun and tight. And yeah, I agree. Uh, that's, that's like me. I appreciate everything really. I, I, I mean, I like riding it all. I like flow trails. I like crazy gnarly jank. I like, like rock and wood features all combined and weave together. I like it all. It's I all think fun. there's a trail in the province I don't like. Other than just straight up cross country trails. <laughs> Not no, the I eat, like that. every every trail's got a place. Oh yeah, I yeah. I love Grand Falls. Even cross country trails, I don't mind them. Like there's the days I like to go out and just pedal and suffer a bit. And that sounds yeah. weird. I just like to sweat. And in your day when you're having a stressful day at work, you're like, like I want to go ride 10k trails. I want to feel like I'm just smashed at the end of it. I just want to yep. shower, sit on the couch, have a beer and a bit of lunch or something, and just you know so just chill. Is it not so normal to feel like that in. after every ride? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you. Yeah, I'm pedaling a lot of weight. <laughs> well, cool. Type two fun. <laughs> Anybody have anything else they would like to add? 
No, uh, thanks for coming on, Ernie. It's been absolutely it. awesome to catch up. And I just can't wait for this snow to piss off so I can get my bike out again. Well, I'll fire you as a message when it does, and you'll have to come down and join us for a group ride. We'll probably probably take you out and show you some stuff locally too. We'll probably show you some goods that uh, there's some sniper lines and some top seeker stuff that doesn't always make it on the maps. I'd like to show you yeah. around. Mm. Oh, yeah. We're going to have, have fat bikes for next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Check the whole idea of uh, Trail Builder Symposium as well. Mm. Like an exchange. Yeah. We really it? need to get government funding into the province for that stuff. Well, that's it, right? And, you know, every trail system kind of works independently. So yeah. you got Woolly doing all theirs and RVC and we do all ours separately. And, you know, all that paperwork is a frigging task. We do all ours by ourselves. Yeah, really. We've got like, what, four people? Yeah, we actually do. <laughs> Every anything, inch yeah. of trail that you see build up here was built by four. Six. Maybe six people. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot. Yeah. It is. Rough. But I mean, it's a smaller crowd up here. You know, you've got less population. Well, and this community is very motorized vehicle. Oh, yeah. If, like. They look at you like you've got something weird on your shoulders. If you like, they look at the bikes in the shop and they're like, Where's the motor go? Yeah, like, it's attached to my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up a little rural, I get that. Yeah. Trust me, and my family's all from rural communities like Chipman, Minto, and South. That's my yeah. mother's family's all from. So, trust yeah. me, I understand. Yeah, we're <laughs> central. Yeah, so where can people find you or get, in, get a hold of you if they want to check out your, your stuff? Well, you can always call me and dig it, or uh, or, excuse me, look me up on Instagram, dig in trail building. Um, and right now you can always get me a millennium cycle and I'll, welcome, I'll give you my cell phone. If somebody calls in, they can always yeah. look me up and then I am going to fire up a Facebook page here soon. I don't know if I'll ever get into a website if I want to <laughs> spend the money on it or get into that too much. If I do, it'll be a, a simple contact me kind of page, but I'll, uh, I'll put some pro photos up and stuff soon. I'm going to hire a photographer friend to go out and yeah. get some photos. We've got a bunch of really nice trails that probably nobody's even seen or knows about. Right. Cause some of them are like, you know, like the one on the private land for the Y and then there's the, uh, the government one that unless you're staying in that campground and, and hiking or riding your bike over to, to uh, Popo Rocks, you're not going to see it. Right. So it'll be interesting to get some of that stuff out there for sure. We yeah. just so happen to have a kid that's graduating from marketing and she would love to help you out with that for job experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh cool. She yeah. would do it for uh, just for the experience. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm super keen to do that kind of stuff too. We, um, one of my friend's sons, he uh, just put on his resume and ended up getting a job at uh, one of the big Irving companies, I believe, too. He's an accountant. So I was like, cool, you want to do my payroll this year? So last year he worked for me digging trails all the time and he did my accounting in the evenings and stuff and he didn't, uh, paid the guys and, and did that stuff, too. So no, I, I'd be keen to do something like that for sure. Look yeah. me up. Yeah. I'll so I'll check you out on Instagram. Stop in the bike shop if they want to find you face to face. And yeah, yeah, definitely do. You should get a Facebook page, link your Instagram, Facebook together. Cause a lot of people run small businesses like literally through their Facebook. Yeah. 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 Like you can no, schedule. I do that. You, know what? you guys remind me to do that. I will do that before the end of this month. I will have an official Facebook page. It's so easy <laughs> to just link them together. You got your calendar. You can schedule yeah. and plan everything through that Yeah. for small cool. business. Super easy. Yeah, that's all I need too. Because you know, being a service-based business, we don't really need an office or anything. Our yeah. office is the, is a good old outdoors, which is always yeah. awesome. But yeah, we need to, we need to have ways for people to get a hold of us. For you and I to have our phone numbers on there, and yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy that we've been able to have two successful years and have projects and have you know a little bit of money in the bank. Yeah, and buy some equipment, whatever, and and we don't really even good. have a public presence, which is a little amazing, right? So yeah. it just goes to show you how starved. The region is in some ways to, to get somebody in doing what we're doing and it's because it's a pretty niche trade really yeah it really is for sure but it's a good time to be in it because mountain biking is it's growing. booming 
Yep. It's growing quickly. Very quickly. Well, you got a bike rack on your excavator? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right on, man. It's been good talking to you. We appreciate okay. your time, Ernie. And can't wait to see you and get yeah. a rip down in St. John. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Take it easy, man. Have a good, good one. Thanks. Have a good evening. Cheers. Yeah. Bring on summer. Bring on summer indeed. Mm. Bring on bedtime. Wait yeah. into the cookies. Go on. All in one. Mm. They're delicious. Even for gluten-free. Yeah, real good for gluten-free. Stop in the Lakeville Convenience and get yourself some. Yeah. And like, lots of other food. You can stop burger. in and get a tune up on your bike and grab a burger and yep. some gas and just about everything else. Absolutely. Get some abuse Ethanol from Becky. Ethanol free gas. Ethanol free gas is very good gas. Yeah. Mm. This episode of the Mountain Bike Connection podcast is brought to you by Lakeville Store. <laughs> That's a very good radio voice, Miss Laurie. And the Taylor Burger. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. You're never going to want to see another hamburger. By the time I'm done, I'm not going to want to make another friggin' burger. <laughs> Well, right on. Okay. It's been good talking to you. Actually, it's been good me time. talking to Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you chirped it. Anyone else want to say anything? Oh, yeah, but I'll just carry on. I know. <laughs> it was just a good conversation. Oh, it's always yeah. a good conversation with Ernie. Really I like to build guy. trails, and man, I like to talk he to trails. He knows his shit. Yeah. He does, yeah. Real good follow, too. All right, let's right on. Go. All right. Well, take her home, Wesley. Put her to bed. It's Peace way out. Her bedtime. Peace out. Scream it. Peace out. Louder. Yeah. That was weak. Oh, come on, Becky. <laughs> so weak. All right, Becky, quit on us. All right, later, y'all. Good night. This episode of the Mountain Bike Connection podcast is sponsored by BikeWorks. BikeWorks is St. John's community bike and ski shop and offers full sales, service, and repair work for all types of cyclists and snow lovers. Conveniently located at 178 Thorn Avenue, St. John, and open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. Find them on Facebook at BikeWorksSJ and Instagram at BikeWorks underscore St. John. Whatever your cycling or skiing needs, the whole team is always ready to help.